1: I
0: just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio,
2: Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. I'm Jeff, and this is episode 157. So glad you've joined us this week for this conversation with me. As always, DW, I know you got a lot of stuff going on in your week, but it's always great when we get a chance to sit down and have a conversation about life, about things going on. First off, how are you doing this week?
3: I'm really good. Thank you. You know, 157, who would have thought that we'd be sitting here 157 times talking about something? You'd think you'd run out of something to talk about. (laughs) Wouldn't it seem that way, though? I mean,
2: you have conversations about life, about things that are going on. We've got a great interview tonight with a young gal that I'm excited to have on the show, uh, just sharing her story. But I think one of the things as we look in this new year, Dave, there's a lot of discussion about how to get into a workout routine and, and new healthy eating habits. And we've been on this, this series called Initiate. And so tonight, Dave, I want to talk about some of the ways that we initiate our spiritual life. So in 2017, you can make good eating choices, good, you know, workout routines. That's a good thing. Uh, but oftentimes what ends up happening is maybe we put a, aside the spiritual planning. Uh, does that seem weird to talk about a, having a spiritual plan of action for this year?
3: No, you know, anything that's worthwhile has to have a, an intention behind it. An intention means a plan. I mean, you can't, if you want to have a good relationship with somebody, uh, you know, I'm in high school, I want to, there's this girl that I want to meet or something. I, I somehow show up around her locker, you know, I mean, <laughs> I somehow uh, end up walking in the hall and bumping into her, you know, what I mean, yeah. those things aren't accidental, and they're in in your head. You're saying, I want a relationship, so I have to somehow trip this girl or do something (laughs) so that she notices I'm alive. You know, I mean, that kind of thing. So as silly as that is, that's what I'm talking about. That's what you're talking about. There's there's an intentionality that needs to take place if you're going to have a relationship with God. And you can ask yourself the simple questions. It's not that hard to figure out. What is it in any relationship I need to do in order to have one? But it's astounding to me, Jeff. So many people say they want to change, but they don't want to change anything in order to change. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how can you change if you don't change anything? It's like, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to lose weight, but I am not going to change my diet. Right. I am not going to exercise more. I, am, I mean, you can go on forever, and you, you sit there and look at the person like, well, what do you want? Yeah. Okay. You can't change things if you're not going to change things. And I know that sounds so dumb to say. But it really is true, because have you ever been in that mood where you've said, boy, I'd really wish this would change, but I'll do it tomorrow, because I don't want to change anything. Yeah, I mean... I just want it to change.
2: I mean, the the struggle that comes even into adulthood, you, you think that you're going to be over this thing called procrastination, but it never happens that way. It never works out that way. You don't just get over procrastination. The only way to beat that is to actually have a plan of action, and it's ironic the way it sounds, but doesn't get any easier i mean there's that there's always that thought that you know maybe if i keep doing this over and over certain plans you know workout strategies it's eventually going to get easier over time it doesn't i mean you think that changing your diet's always going to get easier the more times that you stay on this diet and go shopping a few times and get used to the stuff no you always go through the chip aisle you always go through the soda aisle you always go through you know the dairy and all the stuff that you know you probably shouldn't be eating on your diet and it, it really never gets easier, even through the years.
3: Yeah. And you always have exceptions. Well, I'm over there, so you know what? My, my buddy's eating chips, so I'm going to eat chips. I mean, I, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Right. It's like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, the, the truth is, if you really want to change, then you have to decide that things will change and you need to be okay with change. And, and if you're not, then there's no possible way for things to get better if you're not willing to do something different. And so I would ask our listeners today to evaluate, are are you really willing to do something different or do you want to change by not having anything change and just wish it would? People have come to me, young people, and they've said, well, I really want to uh, get in God's Word, but I'm waiting until I feel like it. And I look at them and I think, you're waiting until you feel like it? So you're waiting for what to change so that you'll have a relationship with God, your feelings? One day you get sick, a disaster, and all of a sudden you go, where's God? And you're going to pick up the Bible and feel like it at that point. (laughs) But that's going to be too late. So why don't you do that now? We can talk about this the whole program, but that's really the first step is to say, actually, I can change and I should change and I will change and something will change and that's okay.
2: All right. Tonight, we're going to talk about ways to organize your spiritual life. So many of you have probably been thinking about ways to structure your physical life, maybe your social life, maybe you have plans for workout, diets, whatever. But we're going to talk about how we do this spiritually. So join us tonight on the Tweetback. Use the hashtag HNRTB. This
0: conversation is just kicking off here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show Hope at HopeNet360.com now, back to Jeff and Dave.
2: Hey, welcome back to the show. We do have live coaches available anytime you need to chat tonight or anytime during the week at Hopenet360.com. Sometimes this can be a stressful time of year. I don't know about you. I've Maybe it's just the things that I've been seeing on Facebook more or less, but I've been surrounded or I've been seeing things about death. So maybe grief has really been a big thing for you this week. Come and chat with one of our live coaches. Don't walk through the grief. Don't walk through the hurt, the pain alone. Chat with the live coach at Hopenet360.com. Jeff and DW with you this week. Dave, it's just good to look at, even if you've been a Christian for a long time, just the ways that we approach our Christian faith. Sometimes we tend to let things go and and slide for a while and we kind of get off track. We think, well, we're good. And uh, I want to talk about, for those that have just maybe come into God's family, and so you're starting out, what does it mean to be a Christian? We kind of talked about the spiritual organizing of our life. So where do you
3: start? You know, that's that's a great question. There are some things in life that you could say, boy, things need to change, but you have to recognize things that will not change. So so in other words, you have to change to adapt to them. If there's a huge boulder in the road and you go, I'm going through that boulder, you're silly. You need to go around <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there are things in life that you have to decide, okay, this is so big and this is already established. So when I talk about change, I don't mean that I have to change that because it won't change. So really, we start with a very basic foundational understanding of life. There is a God right in the beginning. In Genesis, it says, in the beginning, God. Now, you're not going to change that. You can believe whatever you want about God, and you can believe whatever you want about what he said, and you can believe whatever you want about how he's supposed to be. The truth of the matter is there is a God. He did create the world. He created you. He loves you. And you're not going to change who he is. So if you're going to change what you have to do is change your attitude toward him and not wait for him to change his attitude towards you, because that can't happen and it won't happen. You know, you have to get a right idea of who God is. And let me help you there. There are many, many throughout the world that believe God is an angry God that wants to strike them down when they fail and do things that they shouldn't do. That is a total misconception in scripture. God is not an angry God. He's a loving God. And his greatest desire is that people would come to him and get reconciled with him and live in a way that they were created to live. God actually wants you to enjoy the life that he gave you. He wants you to. The thing that's stopping you is not God. It's you. You don't live it according to the way that it's meant to be. So that's what's stopping you. So the first step is to be able to come and say, God, you are God. You do love me. I am separated from you because of my sin. And when you recognize your sin, and that's, that's what separates you from God, and it makes it so you can't live the way you should. And when you recognize your sin, that's confessing your sin. You're saying, I am sinful. Yeah. And then God says, yeah, I know that. And I still love you. I still want what's best for you. So then you begin to look at what God did. It tells us that while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. Why? Because God wanted to make it so that we could be in his family. Hmm. If you're listening today and and you are not in God's family, you're not sure you're in God's family. One of the reasons you're not sure is because you're depending upon what you do. It's not about what you do. It's about what God has done for you. Hmm. It's about understanding and accepting the illustration we've used often, Jeff, is, is that of an orphan. You know, I mean, an orphan child will, has nothing. They don't have anyone to help them. They don't have, that's the definition. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's nobody there for them. And somebody with resources looks at them and says, I will use my resources in my life, and my house, and I'll give it to you. That's what God's doing for you. He says, you're an orphan and I want you in my family and I'll send Jesus and I'll take the whole payment and I'll do it. And I would invite anybody who's listening that has never paused from moment and said, God, I realize that I'm sinful. I thank you for loving me and sending your son so that I could be in your family to make a way so that I could be there. I accept that gift. I mean, it, it changes everything about your life. And then once you're in the family, now, Jeff, you have a family, right? Right. And I have a family, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I have to admit, I've never been in on your family discussions. Never. So you and your family, you could say things, and I may never understand what you're talking about because I'm not in on the, the whole picture. Sure. Likewise, I might be saying something to my wife, and you're not going to get it because you're not in on the whole picture. Yeah. Here's the deal. There are people that find God confusing, and the reason they find him confusing is, first of all, they don't know him. Secondly, they're not in his family. So there are family discussions, if you would have it, that are being talked about and they're not in on it. Hmm. And so they can't understand it. And it's confusing to them. So the first step isn't trying to understand the family discussion while you're outside the family. That's not the first step. The first step is to get in the family. Hmm. Now the discussions make more sense. And I'm inviting our listeners who are not in the family of God, who who are confused about being in the family of God, I'm inviting you to join us in the family of God. And if you need more explanation, go to our live coaches at hopenet360.com and say, I need to be in the family of God. Mm-hmm. I, I want to make sure, help me, you know, help me understand this more. Open the scriptures with me. Let them do that with you right now. And I, I would get off the radio right now and go do that. Yeah. And, and you can go podcast this thing later because that without that step, everything else that Jeff and I talk about isn't going to make any sense anyway.
2: So, your attitude, one thing I heard was your attitude needs to change. And for some, there's maybe this belief or feeling that you've had to get over that God is the one that's causing all this evil and destruction and and just maybe misfortune in your life. You've been looking at this in a way where God has been your enemy for so long. And so, one of the big steps for someone tonight even is to kind of get over that hurdle. So, your attitude, understanding who God is, God is not the author of evil or of destruction, that's really the work of Satan and what God is working to do and what he's always aware of doing. He is all powerful. He's working to reconcile creation to himself. Another thing that we have to look at, Dave, as we go on the show is to talk about the habits and the action steps, some of the spiritual disciplines that need to happen. So, you talked about your attitude. Attitude is one thing, but sometimes we don't feel like praying. We don't feel like fasting. We don't feel like worshiping God. We don't feel like doing the Christian life, as it were, and yet, we have to actually create habits, just like working out, just like organizing, just like putting things into action steps. We have to actually commit to the change. and We don't feel like doing that, don't we? I mean, isn't that part of making that change in our life?
3: You got to be careful. If feelings start directing you, look out. You're going to end up somewhere you don't want to be.
2: All right. We're going to talk about this when we come back here on the show. We've also got a great interview coming up with a young gal named Olivia. So keep it here on HopeNet Radio.
0: We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
2: Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW hanging out with you tonight here on HopeNet Radio. And you can check out tonight's show notes at hopenet360.com. Dave, it's been a great conversation. And one that, especially for those who are just going through this initial stage of change and becoming a Christian, what it means to live as Christ would have them to live. Now things should look different, should be different. For many, they have counted that cost and have decided, you know, the way that I was living is no longer worth living that way. There's just something that needs to change, whether it's been dissatisfaction with life. Maybe it's a strained relationship. Maybe it's just life stuff that's been going on. Whatever it is, there's a need to change now. And so, as we're talking about, you know, what this looks like now, um, talking about some of the ways, maybe the barriers that we have to change, um, one of the ones that I hear from young people, more or less, is that it's just hard. I mean, you've got people that once were your friends, and now you feel like you're letting them down because you've decided to become religious or become a Christian, and they had different expectations of you. How do
3: you approach that? That's just an interesting dilemma, no matter what, in any relationship. You have to understand that there is change that takes place because of a relationship. And the thing that we do in this Christianity thing is a relationship. It isn't a religion. So you have a relationship with God. When you got married, Jeff, did anything change?
2: Yeah, there were some things that had to change. Yeah,
3: okay. And that was okay, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, there were positives and there were negatives. I mean, there are pros and cons. I mean, you have to work together. I mean, there's right. the initial changes. You know, I can't just leave my socks laying around wherever I want to anymore. You know, I actually have to pick yeah. up after myself, some of those
3: things. And, and you have children now?
2: Now I've got children and it, that okay. changes a
3: lot of things too. And so now your time is used differently than when you were a bachelor?
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
3: And that's expected and that didn't surprise you necessarily?
2: I mean, you don't know necessarily what it's going Going to be like until you're in that season and that is something that we've talked about but I, I think there are some things that you know we're not a surprise you know when you have kids and and you
3: know even when you're in a marriage
2: relationship you realize very soon it's not always about you Okay. so you have to approach some things differently that way too okay
3: so so if you were going to give advice to a young man that was getting married and he was saying man I want to get married, but I want, to, I want to have all the same kind of relationships I've had with my buddies, and I want to do the same stuff, and I want to do that. Would that make sense to you that he could do that?
2: You know, it really depends on the
3: relationship.
2: For some, spouses will be a little bit more open to the amount of time, but I think... Overall, there's probably going to be some time adjustments on how much time you spend with
3: them. And there has to be.
2: Yeah, there does need to be. I mean, because your spouse is going to become, whether you like it or not, I hope you like it, they're going to become your best friend, your closest associate. So
3: if nothing else, now your spouse is with you when you do things and that kind of thing, and, and she might not have been before all the time. She always knows where you're at, actually. I mean, there are some things that change because you are in a very intimate and important relationship. Right. So, for somebody that becomes a Christian to think, I am in now this very important relationship, but it's not going to change anything about my life, that's ridiculous. It can't happen that way. The first thing that you have to really think of, or one of the first things is, I am in a relationship, not a religion. I'm in a relationship with God. So, how would that change who I go with, how I go with them, who I hang out with? That's Okay. I don't know how many young people through time have come to me, they're, they're dating somebody, they've never dated somebody before, you know, so they're dating somebody, and their friends come to me, actually, and they say, yeah, this person's changed, <laughs> and I go, hello, you know, I mean, guess what, what, that happens, you can't start dating somebody and get serious about it and, and start talking marriage and still do everything that you used to do before you knew the person. That is like silly rama there. I mean, it, this doesn't work. Yeah. So same with Christianity. And that's, I think, there's so much in life, Jeff, that works off of our expectations. And those who come to God, and they come to him in a way where he's more of a genie in a bottle or a sugar daddy or something, mm-hmm. that's a whole lot different than coming to him as God and having him as one that we have a relationship with. So in, in my perspective, I don't mind adjusting everything according to the relationships that are important to me. You know, even our relationship, Jeff, this morning we're pre-recording this, and you know that there's a certain glitch that's going on because some health issues on some people, and I had to rearrange things. And you know what, though? I have a relationship with you and our HopeNet people, and I made it so that I could be here and we could do this. I rearrange things Mm -hmm. in my life for the relationships that I need to rearrange things for, uh, you know what I'm not doing? I'm not going to go build a cabinet at my house today you know, because that can be put on hold. But the relationship parts, those are what I readjust things for. And my friend who is who is struggling with an illness right now, I'm actually taking care of some of the things he would do because he can't do them. So I'm rearranging because of my relationship, what I'm doing in life. And when I came to you and asked for Um, an adjustment, you said, okay, we could do this. We can make, why? Because we have relationships and we know what trumps things. Now, if it was really, I'm saying, hey, Jeff, I really want to go snow shovel my walk. Do you mind if we don't do, you know, that's not a relationship, Dave. That's that's shoveling snow. Go do it some other time. (laughs) We have to put God in the same category as relationships because that's what it is and be willing to adjust or realize we don't have a very good one at that point.
2: Right. And so for some there's also that just unpleasantness associated with change. And we need to talk about that when we come back. There's some things that we have to start practicing whether it's prayer, you know, learning how to pray. Maybe we can talk about this when we come back. How should you pray? I mean is is prayer a very uh rote just a religious kind of thing? How do you pray? There's also the discussion about fasting, worship. I mean all those things there's different components Uh, serving and being part of God's family and then living out the Christian faith. Let's talk about some of the habits that we need to get into as we look forward into organizing our spiritual life here on HopeNet Radio. Join us tonight on the Tweetback. We are hanging out with you on Twitter. Share your thoughts. How have you organized your spiritual life? Not in a way that's religious, but in a way that helps you to live the Christian faith a little bit better. Maybe you need to make some changes. Maybe you have made some changes in the past. We would love to know about how you enhance your spiritual walk tonight here on the show. Join us on the tweet back. Use the hashtag hnrtb This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio.
0: Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by GroundWire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com.
3: Hey, I'm Tiger McLuhan from Youth Leadership. Recharge is coming to Green Bay this February. We know a lot of adults parents a lot of youth ministries that are filled with caring people who love children and love kids but haven't really had the opportunity to be equipped given practical ideas on how to do that desire more effectively every children's ministry worker every youth worker hopes that their ministry makes a difference their small group works that confirmation impacts those kids but hope is not a strategy to learn more about recharge visit ministryrecharge.com.
1: Hey, this is Tara Kay from HopeNet Radio. Today, all around the world, more people are enslaved than in any other time in history. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Join me and be part of Human Trafficking Awareness Day on January 11th. Together, we can put an end to slavery. Check out HopeNet360.com slash end slavery. One word, HopeNet360.com slash
0: end slavery. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff,
2: DW with you this week, hanging out on the show, having a great conversation. And if you miss any part of the conversation this week, do subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on our website, HopeNet360.com slash podcast. And you can subscribe using your favorite podcasting app, no matter if it's on- iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, whatever app you use, you can download these episodes, past episodes, and share them with your friends at hopenet360.com slash podcast. Jeff, DW with you tonight, initiating our spiritual life in 2017. Maybe you've been a Christian for many years. Maybe this is a new journey for you. And so you're asking some of the same questions. You know, what does it mean this year? What does it mean to look at my spiritual life. Am I living after Christ the way that I should be? And so we're looking at faith. We're looking at all those things because in life, we can all get to the same point, whether you're a Christian and barely a Christian, I would say, just maybe a new Christian, new person in the faith. You start to look at this walk and you think, man, there's so many things I need to change about myself. And I think it gets overwhelming sometimes, Dave, as we look at, even in my own life, I know there are things now as a parent, and I've been a parent for it'll be six years this fall. And I still don't feel like I have it all figured out yet. I still don't feel like I totally understand what it means to be a godly father. I try and I fail and I try and I fail and I try new things. And some things I still have a hard time breaking old habits and old ways of doing things. And and so there's this constant battle going on in my life. And sometimes I feel like You know, I just don't deserve God's love. Maybe, you know, I know I'm praying and I'm spending time in God's word, but man, I just, I feel beat up. I feel like I don't deserve God's love. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever talked to people that have felt that way, Dave?
3: Oh, constantly. Honestly, if you don't understand your own condition, if you actually think you deserve God's love, then you don't understand his grace and you don't understand who he is. The the preciousness about the relationship with God is that he doesn't need me. He wants me. Hmm. And that's very precious to me. That takes all the pressure off me, by the way, Jeff. I mean, the pressure isn't perfection. The pressure for me is to show God my appreciation because he wants me and he's made me. Mm. And so that's my pressure. It isn't perfection. Now, for me to say that and say that I'm going to go out and be a goofball, you know, I mean, that's silly. It'd be like me saying, yeah, I really love this person, but I'm not going to spend any time with them." No, that, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, you don't really love that person and, and that's goofy. But what we do is we have the wrong viewpoint. We, we, we view God as one that really needs us. So if we mess up, we've messed up his plan and we've messed up his world. And God looks at us and goes, you've messed nothing up in my life. I will be fine. The only reason I want to include you is because I love you. I want you. I don't need you. Please let me in your life so that I can help you be the person you should be. And that's where these disciplines come in, that we allow that to happen.
2: So let's talk about some of the disciplines. One that seems fairly obvious, if we're going to look at organizing our spiritual life, is we have to start with prayer. Prayer is one of the core fundamentals, communication with God. How do you approach prayer? I mean, do you need to have a book of prayers? I mean, do you have to read certain scriptures along with them? How do you pray, Dave? And and how would you help someone that's young in their faith just try to start out in praying?
3: I'm very spontaneous, and, and that's more within my personality. And I will pray to God throughout the day at any moment and talk to him in the garage when I hit my hand with a hammer and <laughs> talk to him. I get in my truck and this this light goes on and there's something wrong with it. I go oh. immediately, I say, God, could you please? I mean, honestly, <laughs> you know, I'll get it checked out later and, and that kind of thing. So then I get in later and the light goes off and I say, oh, thank you, God. I mean, that was really nice. I mean, I have no idea. It's just, a, here's the deal. What we understand about God is that he's everywhere all at once. When you're a Christian and you've put your trust in Jesus, you're in God's family, God is with you 24-7. Act like it. Mm. That's all I say to people. Just act like it. So you talk to them throughout the day. You talk to them about things that matter to you. You talk to them. And really, you, you might say, well, why talk to him? He knows everything. Well, are you really talking to anybody to inform them about things? I mean, is that why you only talk to people? Mm. Is to inform them about things they don't know? Or do you share your feelings with them? Do you share your heart with them? Do you share? That's prayer. You share your feelings. You share your heart. The thing is you put it in perspective and realize who you're talking to. And that way it adjusts you then while you're talking because you realize if you're lying, that's not going to work. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how I approach it, Jeff. It's, it's more of a, a, a relational thing where I talk to God all the time. And I do sit sometimes and just close my eyes and just talk about everything on my heart. I keep a list of people that I care about. And I just go through it. I don't even know how to pray for them. I just say, God, you know, what do you want me to say about this guy? I know that you know, God, what they need, and that's all. I'm his friend. I'm asking you to give it to him, mm. you know, what it is. And I don't think that we have to be telling God how to run the universe or run people. I, th- I think that's futile. You can tell him your request. I told you about my sick friend. I've been asking God to heal him. Yep. I'm willing that if he doesn't, then so is my friend. But I, I'm saying, okay. But, God, I know you can if you want to. I have narcolepsy. I've asked God to heal that. He hasn't. Hmm. and i say then i say okay god you know best see that's my prayer but but it's more me expressing my feelings and emotions
2: first timothy 4 7 says that we should discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness Hmm. and one of the ways that we can do that this year is to practice fasting dave have you ever fasted and how do you approach fasting what's the purpose of fasting and what do you get out of it
3: yeah i do and here's the purpose I don't think it's to show God our sincerity. Some people say, well, you really need to go fast and pray so that God knows how serious you are about you know this issue. Well, he knows how serious you are before you fast and pray. So that, that obviously isn't the reason. The reason for fasting, this is what I believe, Jeff. I, I don't think I can point to a verse on this, but I have never seen in the Bible where I die to myself where it doesn't benefit me. Hmm. And it's practicing taking something that's benign, like eating food. There, there's no evil in having a spaghetti. You know what I mean? There, there's no evil in doing, doing that. But, but what happens is I get to tell my body, my body has these natural desires like eating, and I get to say, no, I'm not going to eat. And when I do that, I am not allowing my feelings, even the feelings that are normal and, and not condemnable, you know, I'm not allowing any feelings to control what I do. And I'm getting in the habit of not allowing feelings to control what I do. Hmm. And that's why I think regular fasting is a good idea. But if you're fasting, just to show God how serious you are, you might as well stop that one because (laughs) he knows. I mean, he knows that already. The fasting, believe it or not, is for my benefit. Mm. And if you look at the medical, and I'm not going to do that. People can look it up themselves. People who fast are healthier. Hmm. There's something about the body that adjusts to a fast that makes you a healthier person if you do it on a regular basis. So we'll leave that there. I'm just saying, you know, there seems to be a tremendous amount of benefit And so, I think that God's people, when they fast, they're saying no to themselves. They're going to get some physical benefit out of it. They're going to get a spiritual benefit out of it. It doesn't benefit God. It benefits us because that's the way it works. Mm -hmm. And um, so, that's why we do it. The third
2: practice is to have regular times of worship, Mm -hmm. and that can be singing songs. That can just be expressing your love and, and your praise to God. Um, It's bending our heart towards God instead of bending it towards ourselves. A lot of times our heart gets set on ourselves and our desires uh, or even people of this world. Mm -hmm. And we, we start to worship, whether it's ourselves, we worship other people, celebrities, and it's important to have a regular time of worship to God. We're not supposed to worship anything else except for Him. And usually that's what ends up happening is... When we focus on our problems, we focus on our pity, our grief, our, our own struggles, and we, we tend to take our eyes off of God. And so worship bends our heart to Him. It bends our ear to Him. We can listen and hear His voice more clearly. And yes, God actually speaks to us still today. And so we want to talk about this when we come back here on the show. We'll wrap things up together with you here on HopeNet Radio. Join us on the sweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio.
0: If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at Hopenet360.com. This is Hopenet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back
2: to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Tonight we're sitting down with my good friend Olivia. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
2: So we got to talking a couple months ago, and we're just at a, a church community night with some of our worship team. And we were just talking. You brought up how you'd struggled through your young years with depression Mm -hmm. and even suicide. So I said, you know, we got to have you come on the show and come and share your story. So Olivia's on here to share her story with us tonight. Your struggle with depression. When did that start for you?
1: I would say it started in middle school, probably in like sixth or seventh grade, where I first started experiencing this. I described it as sadness. I would just get really down some days. I would find myself bawling in my room and not really having a reason for it and just feeling very, I think most people have experienced this feeling before probably, but where you're in a room full of people and you feel all alone, that is how I felt most of the time.
2: When you first started struggling, did you just go and tell everybody you knew about what was going on in your life?
1: No, not at all. I grew up in the church, and so I thought that after you became a Christian, everything was supposed to be perfect, and you were supposed to experience this never-ending joy and happiness, and that just wasn't the case. And so when I started experiencing those feelings, I felt very guilty and, I guess, set apart from what Christians are supposed to be like in my mind.
2: Why did you feel guilty?
1: I just had this picture in my mind about what a Christian was supposed to be and that I, I couldn't meet up to that. And my dad was a pastor growing up. I felt like there was a certain standard that I had to meet where I had to have everything together. It wasn't really anything that anyone put on me. I kind of put it on myself as a pastor's kid, you know, I felt like people were watching me and so I had to keep it all together.
2: So let's go through high school. What was your struggle like through high school with depression?
1: I tried talking to my mom about it probably in about ninth grade. And she had expressed, you know, that she had experienced kind of the same thing, but I described it as like a sadness that I was I would experience sometimes, and I don't think I described it how I should have. I felt very worthless. And so through high school, I guess I tried to find worth in other things. Friends and guys and occupying myself with other things I was in like every sport you could think of not that I was any good but (laughs) I just Mm -hmm. just a lot of distractions
2: you weren't actually fighting this depression were you
1: definitely not I I wish I had but I eventually came to the point where I was just I was so low I thought of a plan to take my life and I tried to carry out that plan and I think that was that was what did it for me. During that time, I can't I can't even describe this experience, but I I heard I heard God, I guess you could say. And it was just kind of you know, the truth that people speak to you throughout your life about God has a plan for you, you're special, da 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 da. I guess the truth of God's word really came and spoke to me in that moment. I was able to stop what I was doing and I just broke down. It was at that moment where I realized that I needed to communicate to people whether it was just one person about what was going on. That was that was a really hard point to get to because I knew that it would be it would be hard to communicate to someone like how I was feeling.
2: It's important to have you come on and talk about that. How you had this plan, you had one plan to die and now you've got this plan to live and you're mm-hmm. continuing to work through that and so what would you say to young women that are in
1: mm-hmm. that same place? Definitely. Find someone to talk to. Whether it be one, two, or three people, like someone that you trust, that's going to speak life into you. Like you don't necessarily need someone who's going to be like, "I'm so sorry, your life is so hard." Um, that's what I was looking for when I was in the midst of that, and I was looking for someone just to just to tell me I'm beautiful, just to build me up with like kind of vain truth. Now I know that I need I need someone to remind me of the truth of God's word and someone to come alongside me and be like, I know this is hard. I don't know when this is going to go away, but God's got you. That's the truth that I need to hold on to and that they need to hold on to and find someone who can carry them through that. Through the depression, I actually wrote this kind of devotional and that I've shared a couple times. And it, It's about God kind of using you where you're at. If you're constantly trying to wait for your next stage of life or constantly trying to wait for this hard thing to be over, then you're completely missing what God has for you right now. I hadn't even shared the depression with anybody at that time, but that was huge for me to to realize that through this really really dark time god can still use you but you cannot you cannot try to do it alone and you need to share share what you're going through because it can encourage other people and through sharing it's really healing actually and to be transparent with someone and that's that's part of you know being a christian is you know sharing bearing one another's burdens and God can use you where you are. You don't have to wait until you're out of this struggle. Just just keep seeking Him during this time, and He will use you. He will use you.
2: Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story on the show this week with us. It's been fun having you, and I'm sure those that are listening are very touched by the story that you had to tell, and keep sharing your story. Thanks for coming on tonight.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
2: Hey, welcome back to the show. Special thanks to Olivia for coming on and sharing her story with us. And you can hear the full interview. And you can hear the full interview with Olivia by visiting our show notes on our website, HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW, wrapping up the show with you this week. Uh, Dave, I love conversations like this because I'm, I'm... that's just one of those people that likes to learn more about what it means to follow Jesus, and sometimes getting back to basics helps me to do that. And so, as we've been talking about ways to better organize our spiritual life, getting back to the basics of praying, of fasting, of worshiping God, having regular times where we do those things, um, and then some of the other parts of it—things that come along with that service when we serve other people—that's a core essential of our Christian faith, at least. From my perspective, you need to have the habit of serving. So whether it's at a soup kitchen or it's helping somebody with a project around the house, uh, what other ways can people serve in their community in, in various capacities?
3: You know, go shovel somebody's walk. Find people who struggle to go shopping every week and go with them and help them carry their groceries. I mean, there are so many little things that you could do. Just notice people around you. Just open your eyes and ask God to help you see people around you and what you can do to help make them successful. It may be older people that are lonely. Go sit with an older person and ask them about their life. Hmm. Just go sit and talk to them. You may not see the value in that, but that's extremely valuable. Put your phone away and go do that. When I was younger, my father made sure that we got involved in service from a very young age. When we got out of eighth grade and we got into high school, we were thrust into leadership as a youth leader, as an assistant leader. And we would learn from somebody else. And believe it or not, Jeff, it's been a decision for the rest of my life so far. I'm 60 years old now, and since 1970, I've been working in a youth club in a church. Hmm. And it's just part of what I do. It's it, I cannot not do it. Why? Because that's part of what I do. And that eats two nights of my week, probably, because one night you're preparing for it, because we run it, my wife and I, and one night we go to it. And I'm thinking, you know, that's two nights of the school year for how many years now, for billions of years, you know, we, that we've been working this. And um, I'm thinking, I, I can't imagine life without it. Last night, I, I paused that we, we were at our youth club, and it's the third, fourth, and fifth grade kids. And I, before I spoke to them, I just paused and said, you know what, guys? Thanks for coming. I really like you. I mean, I'm really glad you're here. When's the last time a bunch of third, fourth, fifth graders heard a 60-year-old guy tell them that? Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I had the privilege of doing that. And and I meant it. I it wasn't like I'm blowing smoke trying to make, you know, before the night I had this 8-year-old run up to me who whose mom says he just thinks you're cool and he he ran up to me and he said, "Look, Dave, I layer my clothes." And he was showing me how to layer clothes. You know what I mean? Nice. How interesting, at best. The conversation wasn't all that meaningful. But I'm telling you, I enjoyed every every bit of it as he was explaining to me the importance of layering and getting the right colors together. And I mean, the whole works. And <laughs> And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, that, that's great. I'm glad you can run up to a 60-year-old guy and talk, and you feel safe, and you're, you're excited about something. and That's part of, of life, and that's what we have to do. To me, that's service. Jeff, it's, you have to be intentional about anything that's good. So you need to, in your life, say, where am I in my life doing something? For those that can't pay me back, where I can use my skill, my talent, my ability. And, you know, it's easy to send people money, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if it is easy for you, just write a check to Q90 and, and that'll be fine. That's the easy part. The harder part is really getting to the point where you realize, I, I'm going to go give this person me and my time. And if it's an eight-year-old, you might just be talking about how they lay your clothes and nod your head and go, that's cool. And if it's a 90-year-old, you might be talking about the day they went from cows to tractors. You know, I mean, I, I have no idea. But I would encourage people to open your eyes and look and serve people around you.
2: All right. And then lastly, the thing that Olivia did tonight with us here on the show is to share your story, share your testimony. Oftentimes we neglect this part of the Christian faith because we think Christianity, or maybe we're we're sold this by the world that says that any kind of religious faith is meant to be practiced in the privacy of the home or in a church or religious facility, whatever. So the idea that you need to just keep it to yourself um, I think this is one of the biggest struggles. I know I struggled with it when I was a kid growing up and going through the teenage years. Like, I don't want to be known as that, you know, Jesus kid, this this guy that was always preaching and and, you know, just pushing away people because of the message that I had. No, what I had to get over was some of that. Uh, I guess, looking for that acceptance from other people and to realize that your story is your story. It's important that you share your story. It's important to share how God has actually worked in your life and to tell people about that. Um, That is a a habit. You have to get into it. And I don't know if there's a really easy way to start that, Dave, but in some way we have to put our story together and understand what God has brought us through and then begin to ask God for opportunities to share that. Would you agree with that?
3: Yeah. We're in a culture where we so often need to impress people with our story and we kind of fudge a little bit, make it better. Mm -hmm. Forget it. Just, you got a story. We all got stories. Just make it the way it is. And God made you the way you are. Uh, What's interesting too, is some people wait and say, well, I'm not trained to tell my story. You don't have to be. I mean, honestly, are you excited about anything? <laughs> I, I ask people who are Packer fans, do you need to take a class on I'm, I'm telling people about the Packers? No, I could tell you about them. You know. That's so true. So, well, why don't you need a class for that? Because I'm really excited about them, and I watch them. And I, oh. But you don't know anything real definitive. I mean, you just watch the TV, hear the news, right? Right. And you're still willing to talk about it, right? Yeah. All right. You know, if you don't know everything about the Bible, you don't know everything about God but you're excited about the fact that he loves you. You know, that's, I think, the problem is when you go out and, and you're more mechanical in what you say and you're trying to get a little spiritual notch in your belt that somebody came to Jesus or whatever, you're irritating. I mean, that's, that's not what it's about. What, what is always acceptable is being able to be genuinely excited about something and to share it in a way that goes with your personality. Mm. You know, and there's different personalities out there. I mean, I'm a guy that, as you know, Jeff and others, I, I am so direct in what I say. Yeah. I just look at people and, you know, I'll look at somebody and say, well, you're a loser. And all of a sudden I have to back up and go, oops, you know, that, that probably shouldn't have come out of my mouth. And, and, I, and I apologize to the person and it's because I'm very direct in life. And, and for some reason I see things black and white. I'm not, I'm not that gray and I just don't see the gray. And, and, and you know what, though, that's what God uses in me, the, my directness. And people who know me say, no, that's fine. I appreciate that in you. Okay, some other people aren't as direct. They're more sensitive in one way or another way. I'm not saying to share in the way I share. I don't wanna share in the way you share. Just share the way you are. And, and that makes it natural. For me, that's natural, so people expect it, so it's natural for me to do that. And you have a natural way, whatever that is. And some of you are very quiet. You know how you'll share Jesus is by going to clean up the mess in the corner, doing this, doing that. And people will just say, boy, I like having that person around. I wonder why they do that. And that's how you're going to share.
2: That's all for us here on the show this week. You can find the show notes and download these and past episodes for free by subscribing to our podcast at hopenet360.com slash podcast. Our live Twitter chat, the tweet back is going 24 seven at hopenet360.com or by using the hashtag HNRTB. You can follow Hopenet360 on most social media platforms using the at Hopenet Radio. Visit hopenet360.com slash connect from all of us here on Radio make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.